everybody. It's time to LOL. Listen out loud, that is. It's time for Anime Jam Session with DJ Ranma S, Mako-chan, and Ari Rockefeller. Hey everyone, welcome to Anime Jam Session, episode number 306. We are that podcast that talks about anime, games, conventions, the fandom, geek stuff, and everything in between. I'm DJ Ramas. I am Makachan. And I'm Ichigogami, subbing in for Ari tonight. Yeah, I think he's off on, his, on a mystic quest or something. A mystic quest, you say? Hopefully for Pokemon. Go Team Mystic! I hope so too, in that case it'll only take about five days. <laughs> Hopefully. I mean, if you played Final Fantasy Mystic Quest, you finished the game in fi- you finished the game in five days. It was that straightforward. But if you're in a rush, three. <laughs> oh man, we are live tonight, week of April eighteenth, two thousand seventeen, here on the Vogue Network. We're here live Tuesdays at nine thirty p.m. Eastern, where replays Thursdays at two p.m. Eastern. Check out our interactive chat room at live.vognetwork.com. Chat clients such as Merc, XChat, Chatzilla can use, IR, can use irc.gamesurge.net. The chat room is Vog, V-O-G. Or you can head on over to animejamsession.com slash Vognetwork where there is some information about the Vogue Network and there is an IRC link there. If you click on the link, it'll bring you directly into the chat if you're using any of those chat clients. And the best part is you don't have to have anything pre-programmed in. You just click on it and it brings you right in. Let's see, uh, check-ins are now live, so go ahead and check in and earn some VOG points. If you're listening on the podcast feed, somewhere in this episode is a passphrase. When you hear said passphrase, head on over to VOGNetwork.com and earn some points. <sighs> We're going to go around the room with how was your week, how was your day. We are going to kick things off with... Since I didn't have our theme right up, we'll put Mako-chan up first. Uh, <laughs> same shit, different toilet. Well, okay then. Well, no, I've just, um, I've been really lazy. I should already, you know, be getting ready for Zenkai Khan, and I'm not. Um... Shame! Yeah, Shame! I, I, I even meant to come home today and start working on my room because my, my room is a disaster. I, I hate cleaning, so, like, I have no clothes in my drawers. I have no clothes in my closet. They're just out in my room. Um, so I meant to start, you know, folding my clothes and putting them away so that I could get all the pieces I need for cosplay purposes. Um, and I was going to do that today, but, yeah, I came home and started watch, uh, watching Pokemon and... Uh, that was the end of that. Shame on you! How yeah, can... so this weekend I'm only working two hours on Saturday, so I've got the entire weekend to, you know, work on my room. I do have to go and visit my mother for a little while and have her uh, help me with the shoulder hems for the dress I'm wearing at Zenkai Khan and possibly do some free laundry. Because, yay. So what you're saying, Mako, is that the con crunch is real. Yeah, and yeah, I'm not even, you know, really making 
costumes or anything. I just it, everything I'm wearing because I'm I'm treating this convention like a vacation. So every cosplay that I'm bringing is street clothes. And I have absolutely no problem with that. Um, my characters should have different color hair and I'm not worrying about wigs. I'm just going and relaxing and dressing up. And if people have a problem with that, they can bite my fat ass. As opposed to your shiny metal ass. Oh God, I wish it was shiny and metal. Oh God. Good thing. What? Can you imagine that would be awesome? You can say kick my like, you know, kiss my ass or kick my ass or you know, anything like that and they just hurt themselves. Mm, true. Good thing Ari's not here. We'd have to shame you for that. Why? Just because. Why? Just because. Why? You say why one more time. So help me, Kami. I will turn this podcast right back around. Why? Oh, I'm going to choke you when I see you. And where are we going in the first place? If you're turning this podcast around, what is it going to be? Like a like a, a sports podcast or something? Yeah, it's like, where, where the hell, you know, he's all driving us crazy anyway, and we're on our way to hell, so where the fuck do we go from there? Exactly. Staten like, Island. We, 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 we ain't got nowhere else to go. Oh, you know where you're going to go? Where am I going to go? Staten Island. Yeah, and? No. As long as they have fabric and craft stores, I'm good. I will make sure that you don't, you don't get access to those stores. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, that, that's, that's basically it. Um, tomorrow I'm working and I have a short day. And after that I should be my Monday to Friday and have my weekends off, hopefully. Hopefully. Alrighty then. Ichigo, how was your week? How was your day? How you been? I've been okay. Um, so I've been currently uh, working on costumes for Zenkai Con as it's coming up in a, about a week. Uh, yeah, I'd say it's probably about seven, seven to eight days, maybe. I can't count. Days. Yay. Um, <laughs> so I've just been working on costumes for that. Um, it's basically just a matter of trying to get all my stuff done because the costume that I decided to do instead of Raven, because Raven was detail, really detail-oriented, I'm going to be doing a lot of beating with her, I decided to go with a costume that didn't require as much detail as I thought it would, but it still does require a little detail. Um, because I'm judging the ZenkaiCon Masquerade, um, I wanted to make sure that people knew that I brought my A-game and they weren't being judged by someone who didn't know what they were talking about. Mm. So I have a few things I was trying to work into the costume, like warbler work and all that other stuff, um, that would represent me well and represent me as my brand well, um, and all that fun stuff. So that's basically what I've been working on. Um, and then of course baking all the treats for the ZenkaiCon trip, and then found out that we'll probably be bouncing out to Pittsburgh on the earlier part of the week. <laughs> so, um, my hubs is, um, doing a work thingy. So he was like, you want to come with? And I was like, okay, it's going to be fun. So I think I might go check out the Andy Warhol museum That's and okay. do some other stuff out there. Um, I'll probably be a Lolita derp because my life. And, um, so it's hopefully it's going to be a com- the coming week's going to be fun. This past week's been fun. It's just been, you know, 
the normal stuff. Like Mako says, same shit, different toilet. <laughs> Wait, that's a thing? An Andy Warhol museum? That's a thing? Yeah, yeah. I actually, um, he was one of the artists I really loved um, kind of looking at his work growing up. And they have a museum for him in Pittsburgh. So I'm going to try and navigate the bus system, even though I'm only going to be there for like half a day. Um, and like I did in New York. And uh, I'm going to try and see a few things like museums and stuff like that while I'm there. Well, I do have some friends that are out that way. So maybe I can ping them and maybe you can have, have a hangout buddy or something. But also, if you see anybody that kind of looks like me, um, those most likely are my probably relatives of mine. Even though Pittsburgh is a huge city, anything's plausible. <sighs> Alright, Ranma, you keep breaking up. How about now? That That's better. I was trying to adjust the volume because... Um, is sometimes the um I hear buzzing in the background but after doing some research it's the mixer ain't nothing I can do about that because I don't hear that on the on the playback but uh, let's see there we go so my weekend day has been interesting to say the least um I finally got around to unpacking from anime Matsuri so tomorrow and Thursday I have to do laundry and prepare for Zenkai Con. Um, I've I've had I had some technical issues with uh, with audition and the mixer, but I figured it out and fixed it. I had mentioned earlier in the week that I was having trouble with my net with my internet connection on my computer, so I had to go out and buy a new card to put in, and everything was running fine until I noticed I was it was slowing down, lagging when I was doing major downloads. Come to find out, it was the firewall software that I had, so I went back to my old standby. And the only reason why I switched from my old standby is because I'm in the Windows Insiders program, so whenever there is like a build update, I get it. And some, and for a couple of build updates, it would screw up the uh, system, like my text and stuff like that, so I had to roll back. And one time, I rolled back, didn't do me any good, so I had to do a fresh install and it caused me all of this chaos. But thankfully, everything is working the way it should be now. Um, let's see. Other than that, that basically has been my weekend day. Um, I'm waiting on a friend to get back to me so we can take a trip up to Ikea so I can return this bookcase. Thankfully, it's still in the box. And Ikea has a one-year uh, one return policy, so... That's all said and good. <sighs> Anywho. I think we should go ahead and take our first break. And when we get back, we're going to get into some t tonight's topics. And a bit of some not-so-surprising news. Okie dokie. Loki? Sure. <laughs> okay, people. Alright, that's it. Okay, people. We'll be back.
That wasn't supposed to happen. Thank you, Winamp, for screwing things up. Uh, all right. Let me... You know what? I will refix the set... The way the music is supposed to go for later, so... 
it's whatever. Alright, um, we have some bit of interesting news coming out of, um, studio tonight. I saw it on, it was tagged to me, um, maybe about an hour ago. So it's something kind of interesting, especially if you are a local person to the um, New Jersey area, especially for Anime Next. Now, Anime Next was at the Garden State Expo Center for at least maybe 10 years, has it? Maybe? Possibly? At the Garden State Expo Center? Yeah. I don't think it was that long. For, it's been there for at, at, at least five. At least. All right. Wait. If we go back to wait, Manga Next 2011. It's been there for at least seven years. Seven years. So, and what are the issues with the Expo Center? We've all, at the Exhibit Center, Expo Center, whatever you want to call it. We've been saying this every year we've done a review for Anime Next for the last two, three years. It gets crowded. It gets packed. One year you had to stand outside just to get into the dealer's room or to get through, or to get your badge. It was the lines were that long. So two thousand nine. Yeah. Okay. Two thousand nine. All right. So. Mhm. Uh, seven seven years then. Yeah. Something like that. So. As you know, last year the con moved to Atlantic City, and some people lost their proverbial shit, demanding that the con move back. You can't put something that big into something that small. Well, now, there is no chance for it to go back, and I'm kind of thankful for that, because the Garden State Exhibit Center, where Anime Next was once held, will be no more. It is going to be closing, and the online retail store, 6th Avenue Electronics, will be moving in. They are going to purchase the entire building and move its, its prior warehouse into the new location. <sighs> well... Per the uh, general manager of the exhibit center, he said that the closing was simply a matter of economics. As quoted here by Joseph Sacio, uh, it, is, it is a truly unfortunate situation. The Garden State Convention Center will be closing its doors after a successful 27-year stint in Franklin Township. Due to issues out of our control, the property landlord received an offer to purchase much higher than we could afford to run our business. Therefore, we are regrettably closing. Fortunately, we own and operate the New Jersey Convention Center in Edison, where most of the business has been placed, and we have also received interest from several towns that we are looking into, perhaps for the future. There is no idea when the Convention Center is going to officially close, or when 6th Avenue Electronics is going to move in. It'll officially close when they are done with any contracts for conventions that need the space. Okay. And I only say that because... If they break those contracts, they're going to be losing all of the money they are making. True. So I, I don't I honestly, I don't see that as an issue. The, the, as I'm, you know, just waiting it out till it's all said and done. All right. So while the Skype computer updates itself, I really need to start checking this thing at least first thing in the morning or first thing in the afternoon or the evening if there's an update that needs to be done. So hopefully by the time we get to the um, Skype line, the machine, our Skype computer will be up and running. If not, it is what it is. I might be able to jerry-rig something on my phone, but can't promise it's going to work. <laughs> oh, God. All right, let's look at um, tonight's start uh, articles. Um, I'll go ahead and kick off the first one. 
This is not the first time we've reported about something like this, but here it is again. Cosplay goes bad for a gamer in Grand Prairie in Edmonton, Canada. I never thought I'd hear something like this coming out of Canada. They're such nice people. Dressed as a character from the Fallout series, a popular post-apocalyptic video game, uh, a man was walking on the street wearing a gas mask, a helmet, armor, and a bullet belt. He carried a flag that said New California Republic, which is one of the factions in the game. RCM RCMP uh, Corporal Sean Graham told CBC News that police uh, received calls just before 5 p.m. on Tuesday the on Tuesday the 11th. So this must have happened like right after we went went on air, give or take. From concerned citizens that a man was looking like wearing something like a bomb on his back. At least eight officers responded with their long guns drawn. Photos show them crouched behind vehicles and buses. He was observed going into a business where uh, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police members were able to safely remove the staff members from the business. The business was Lynn's Alterations at Bell Tower Plaza. The owner, Hoa Hyun, said the man was there for some alterations to his costume. I mean, um... If you're going to get your costume tailored, I, I, I don't think it would make sense to wear it. I would just show up with it, you know. <sighs> but that's just me. Well, you know, when it comes to the military-style things, um, especially if you're a lovely little new weeb or you're a little otaku or you're an older otaku that just wants to wear some of their stuff out... Like, there's a difference between, like, societally acceptable stuff where you don't look like you're going to be a terrorist, and then there's the opposite direction, um, which is something we got into with the uh, guy who was the otaku who collected a lot of the rifles and did a lot of the military yes, cosplay, yeah. mm -hmm. um, was that he brandished it in a public space, and, you know, he looked like he was, he was dressed either dark dark clothes or in some military paraphernalia or he was just dressed in maybe a hoodie and jeans or whatever um so it you know it's one of those things where if you're gonna dress up from your subculture which is totally and utterly fine as long as like you're going to an appropriate place i mean even with me like i wear my lolita mm -hmm. as a day job thing and I do it, but sometimes I'm not going to do it over the top. I'm not going to do it where I have, like, a princess crown and a scepter to a a diner to have pie. Like, I might do that if I'm having a giant tea party with my friends, but obviously if I'm going to just be casual out on the town, it's going to be something that's more toned down. So I think mm -hmm. a lot of the issues that are coming up with this are that the people that don't have that, like, personal kind of sense of what can be alarming to people versus what isn't true because i remember i used to have like meetups with friends of mine we would just hang out in the city and hit up like the typical anime otaku-esque places and yeah we would wear not full cosplay but we'd wear kind of stuff like you know tune in vests or something like that you know and sometimes we'd meet up with people in full cosplay gear makeup and everything and i'm thinking in the back of my mind the fuck is wrong with y'all? It is 90 degrees out. Why would you do that to yourselves? 
the weeb is mighty strong in them. I mean, there's certain places where it's acceptable. Yeah, we have a lot more culture. Cosplay is cool. Nerd is cool right now. Like, that's, that is the trend. Um, but at the same point, like, they were around people like you. People that understood it maybe thought that they were going a little overboard, but still, like, knew what they were doing, knew who they were. As opposed to, like, it's almost like when you see an insane clown posse member just in the general public, and you're like, what, what is this? What's going on? Or when people see Lolita out in public, they'll go, oh my gosh, are you in a play? Are you mm -hmm. little Bo Peep? And it's like, no... <laughs> Unless you're in New York City, which is pretty much a typical thing. Which cities and, and places where there are fashion, like mainstream fashion things or fashion subcultures that are seen a lot more, it's it's a little more accepted. I wouldn't say that you could just walk anywhere in it, but it's a little less like skepticized. Like people aren't going to give you the side eye for like a good hour and then ask you if you're in a play or not. They're usually mm -hmm. going to, they're going to glance at you, go, oh, okay, I don't give an F about this person, you know, I'm going to go on my merry way and not even give them a second thought. They're just weird. Yeah. Um, so I think it's also just the cultural differences of different areas of the world, too, because the town that I grew up in was actually, we didn't even have an anime club. There wasn't anything like that. So when I was in high school, I had to make up the anime club and all that fun stuff. And um, a lot of people didn't understand the culture and, like, Nekomimi and, like, all those little aspects of anime culture, cosplay culture, and all that stuff. So it was really funny to me <laughs> when I had a, my technology teacher at the time, I would make cat ears because cat ears were cute and they were kind of like the staple thing you wore if you were an anime fan and goggles, obviously. And I had teachers who would buy them and then wear them for school spirit day because I would make them and they thought that they were very cute. And I just thought it was the funniest thing. But again, it was a school spirit day. It mm -hmm. wasn't like it was a week where... You're in standard right. school stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, it's all about societal acceptance and, like, what is okay versus what's not. Right. So. Yeah, but at the same time, going around in full riot gear, you know, yeah. <laughs> going around with full masks, that's what gets people shot. Mm-hmm. You know, if he went around in the armor and crap like that, and people could still see his face. I mean, he'd probably get really weird looks. But I, I, I think the main thing was he's wearing a full gas mask and people cannot see who he is and what he's doing. And I, I think that's what makes a whole lot of difference. Yeah. And as per the article, the RCMP spoke with the guy and they understood that he was wearing a costume and was not a threat to the public. What had looked to be a bomb was actually several Pringles potato cans that were painted silver. They took him into custody, but they released him without any charges. As per, uh, as per uh, what Graham had said, we have to believe everything is real until proven otherwise. In the end, you got a good feeling after going, okay... There wasn't a bomb. There was no intent to do anything criminal. It's just someone with their costume. There's a time and place for it, he says. Walking around downtown is maybe not the best place to do it. Walking around downtown with, you know, just for shits and giggles is not the time to do it. 
if you're actually, you know, if there's a convention going on or something going on and you're going, okay, yeah, I'm going to walk from my home and grab some snacks and go, that's one thing. Mm -hmm. But walking around in full gear like that, just out of the blue for no reason, is a little weird. Especially since our culture kind of romanticizes a little bit of the violence and, like, terrorism and stuff like that. I mean, we have... Okay, I'm not gonna lie. I watch things... I've been watching Criminal Minds. I watch NCIS. I watch those kind of shows, and the general public does, too. When you show up in full riot gear, especially when people are kind of conditioned to see the worst especially if you're dressed like you're ready for battle or especially in gas mask. I mean, if someone looks like they're going to drop a biochemical weapon, like you're like, okay, GTFO, call the police. Like it's, it's a little more threatening to people's daily life. Um, as opposed to like, if you're just steampunk and maybe you have goggles on, but like the rest of your face is visible and you're with a group of people who are also dressed in steampunk and you're going for lunch. Mm -hmm. Like there's a little bit of a difference. Um, yeah, if you look threatening and you have your whole face covered or you're dressed up in full gear, I don't know, Mako, like, if I saw a guy rolling around in full riot gear with no one around, nothing going on, like, nothing to say that there's, like, a riot going on that he's trying to stop or um, anything where he's dealing a public service or something like that, I'm going to be super sketched out because he is obviously not a policeman. And he is obviously not a person of authority. However, he's dressing like a person of authority mm-hmm. or gas mask. And that that's just going to skeeve me out. But that's just a personal way. And the way I'd handle it is I'd call, you know, the right authorities or whatever. So it ended, I think, the best possible way it could for this guy. It but did. at the same time, I hope he kind of learns from this experience and knows, like, in the future, maybe if you're going to have the gas mask as a prop... Maybe if you're going to get personal photos or something, pack it away first, take your photos, and then put it back away. Or get to your location with it right in your hand or something, or put a sign on yourself, or have, like, a business card that you hand out that's just, like, I'm a cosplayer, I do military garment, you know, like, be more professional about it. Well, like, the last ones that were going into the convention center had full gear on and shit tons of guns and they walked, you know, fully across, you know, they didn't just pack it up and then go to their room with it. They were fully dressed, had realistic looking weapons and walked through the parking lot into the convention center like that. And and what are, what are, what are, you know, what are we supposed to think? As a as a con goer, as a cosplayer, mm-hmm. I'm still not going to think, oh hey, you know, maybe they're cosplaying Umbrella Corporation. Maybe they're cosplaying from a video game. My first thing is, what the fuck are these people coming in with huge ass weapons? Exactly. Especially if they don't have the tape on them or anything like that, or anything like the orange tip that is actually kind of required on a lot of weapons yep. now that have um, a very realistic look to it, um, mm-hmm. and a lot of that is just to prove it's not metal, or at least to prove if it's plastic that there's no moving parts and stuff like that, because even with people who modify Nerf guns, 
Um, we know what Nerf guns look like. We know they don't look like real guns. But if you paint it well enough, sometimes they can be very, very close. Yep. Um, but a lot of times they leave an orange tip or they leave an orange trigger or they they have to hot glue things into place. And we know that they don't function. When you come in with a full military-grade sniper rifle, blah, 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 you know, it's going to be a lot scarier, especially when a lot of fantasy weapons definitely look fantasy. Like, a, let's say a gun blade. Final Fantasy. Like, that's obviously a non-functional weapon because it is a sword in the barrel of a pistol. Like, mm -hmm. that's what it looks like. But when you come in with a giant rifle that looks like a sniper rifle from TV or from some, like, I guess, accurately displayed gun case or whatever, it's going to be threatening. Um, it just is. And it's going to be threatening not only to cosplayers, and I have nothing against military cosplay. I think it's really cool when you can get it right. Um, but at the same time, you have to understand the dynamic of power. When you have dangerous-looking things, like dangerous-looking weapons, you have this kind of unspoken authority. And if you don't act with respect to that, it can just be very detrimental, I think. Like, it can just create a really, like, rotten dynamic, a really negative dynamic that you might not be trying to get, but because you have a weapon that looks like it could fire or is threatening, you you kind of change the way that people are seeing you. So, I mean, as long as you're going to cosplay, and this is with any weapon, this is, I've seen kids running around with katana or, like, bow stabs and stuff like that, like, hitting each other and playing around, like, don't do that. <laughs> Don't smack each other with your weapons. Like, if you want to play with your friends and stuff, go do that in your backyard at home. A public place really isn't any place to do that unless it's a very well-choreographed skit. Or if you're trying to get photos, there is a respectful way to handle your weapon when taking photos. There is a respectful way to handle fellow cosplayers when you're taking photos with weapons. And I think a lot of people forget that, but it definitely is just one of those things. And I know we're getting a little off topic, so mm. I'm going to... Roll it back. You good? Yeah. <laughs> I think Ichigo needs a mimosa. I need mm. so many mimosas. Ugh. Mimosas. God. <laughs> All right. Um, Ichigo, why don't you go ahead and take the next one, and then, then Mako could take the next two after that, because that's her fandom. Yay! Going, going um, almost completely opposite of what we were just talking about of um, scary, sometimes um, scary dynamics, we're actually going to talk about Love Live, which is full of fluffy butternut squashes known as the Aquars. And I really need how... to rewatch season one again. <laughs> and how Inori Minase set a personal record with their latest CDs. So, Happy Party Train ranked number two with 55,000, um, and it was a debut album. Uh, Inori Minase, it ranked number three. So, Happy Party Train, the ninth single from the Love Live Sunshine franchise's nine-girl idol group, Aquors, sold 55,000 copies to rank number two on Oricon's CD single chart for the April 3 to 9 week. The single shipped in Japan on April 5th, and the single's is the group's highest ranking single. That's a lot of words. Uh, single. Um, and the group's single with the highest first week sales. It overtakes the group's first single. Kimi no kokoro wa kagayatteru ka. Kai? Ah, Kai. I think. 
uh, which ranked number three with 48,000 copies in its first week in October 2015. The single is also the group's ninth in a row to reach the top five Oricon's weekly ranking charts, beginning with Kimi no Kokoro wa Kagayateru Kai, um, the group's seventh single, Omoi Yo Hitotsu ni Nare Mirai Ticket, ranked number three in November, and the eighth single, Jingle Bell Ga Tomaranai, ranked number three in December. Um, the newest single is officially the Aqua's third numbered single, and since several of the earlier singles were listed under mini units within the Aqua's as or Love Live Sunshine anime and game singles. The anime premiered in Japan last July, and Funimation streamed the series with English subtitles as aired in Japan, basically a simulcast, and also produced an English broadcast dub for the series. It will get a second series this fall, so if you're looking to catch up on it now, it's probably better to do it sooner than later. In addition, the voice actress Inori Minase's debut album, Innocent Flower, sold 18,000 to rank number three on Oricon's album chart for the April 3-9 to week. The album shipped in Japan on April 5th, and it's Minase's first CD to rank in the top three of the weekly charts. The album contains 12 songs, including songs from Minase's first three singles, Yume no Subomi, Harmony Ribbon, and Starry Wish, which ranked number 11, number 10, and number 8 on the single chart, respectively. The Starry Wish single's title song is the ending theme song of Vivid Strike, uh, the anime. <laughs> Minase has voiced roles in such anime as The Anthem of the Heart, Jonoruse, Is the Order a Rabbit, Chino Kafu, Ray Zero, Starting Life in Another World, Rem, and Is It Wrong to Try and Pick Up Girls in the Dungeon, Hestia. I have to still watch that one. I also have to admit, I actually when I finally listened to Happy Party Train, it was not what I was expecting it. I kind of held up because I thought it would be a very popish song, but it really wasn't. Actually, the Awkwars have kind of surprised me mm. with this this season or this series in particular because it's just kind of been very different than what I expected from the Love Live series. Um, kind of catching up with them recently, uh, it's it's a very different kind of, I think, storyline than mm -hmm. than ones we're used to. And the music itself, I think, kind of varies a lot from what we think it's going to be. Yeah. I, um, the best way I can say about Love Life Sunshine to the Aquars, get good. That's the best thing. <laughs> that's the thing that comes to mind. Get good. You know? Get good. I mean... I think around episode seven or eight, that's where things kind of turned. Like you know, we're gonna go in this direction, and you, and you saw where it went. So, yeah. Because honestly, yeah, I... it was very, very slow to start. Yeah, it was. And I have to say that the first Love Live series was very slow to start. Um, I didn't start somewhat enjoying it until almost the very end of season one and then watch season two and basically said all right now i have to watch the movie just because i need to finish it um but yeah it seems that this is turning into the same thing mm. just a very slow start and by the time the next series the next season will end it'll be like oh okay that's better Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel uh, a lot of slice-of-life anime kind of leave me that way because they have to build your connection to the characters and 
you you can't do that in like the first three episodes. It has to be like the first ten episodes before you really get to know the background and all the other characters and all that stuff. So it takes a while for it to build up. But I think if you watch the whole series, you'll kind of end up with like what you expected. You'll just be kind of you'll be satiated. You'll like you won't be super excited unless you are like the fans that are super huge otaku and go to all the concerts and dance. Um, but I personally, I just kind of get meh. I enjoy it now, but it's just a matter of like, it could be more, but it could also be less. Like I said, I I always look at myself as the entry level fan, except for certain titles and series. But eighty five percent is entry level. So I look at Love Live as a you know, as a fair thing, and I enjoyed it. I didn't like how slow Sunshine was, but I saw where it was going. And then I started watching the other Idols series, Bang Dream, and it's like, it took them, it, it was running slower than Sunshine. And by the time it started getting good, I'm like, do I really want to continue watching? I mean, it has a strong, I like where it's going with the storyline, but do I really want to? But anywho... If we go into our chat room here at live.vognetwork.com, in response to our last article, Regenerator says, I have the estrogen to intelligence of this guy. What the fuck is he going to do next? Play paintball airsoft outside the White House? Goddamn. Actually, it won't be the White House. It'll be the officer of the Prime Minister of Canada's house. Anywho, Mako-chan. Uh, yes, so, um, we've got two articles about Case Closed, and yay, Case Closed. It will never die. It will continue on forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Um, the first one is that, uh, to capitalize on the popularity of it, a temporary store called Detective Conan Plaza um, opens up in different locations around the country. Um, and then with the pr- latest premiere of uh, the latest movie, Detective Conan, The Crimson Love Letter, on April 15th, a new Detective Conan opened in Tokyo Dome City. It's a multi-purpose entertainment complex. Um, the store offers case closed related goods, and visitors have a chance to win several prizes and play games. Uh, Customers who spend over $46 will receive a non-woven bag, and they can choose between a couple of different characters, uh, Kaito Kid, uh, Suichi, Toru, uh, Jimmy, uh, which is uh, Shinichi, Ran, uh, Heiji, and Kazuha. Um, If you spend over $18 you'll be able to get one of three different A5 size clear files. Cool. And uh, the design switch on May 4th and June 1st. They are basically um, different, you know, the different background colors. We'll show you which, uh, which ones will be switched out. The store offers a deduction game uh, called A Murder Has Occurred Mystery Challenge. If you crack the case, um, you get one of 11 different character badges, and each play of the game is about $4. Uh, there's also a bunch of other different goods that cannot be found other other places. Um, collectible badges, chocolates, 
uh, tins of cookies. Uh, the store will remain open until June 30th. And yeah, so I, I, I really want some of the crap that's in this store. And that'll never happen, but yay. <clears throat> and as for the second thing, um, it seems that Real Escape Game, the Japanese version of the company, is celebrating its 10th anniversary. It will be the 5th anniversary of its collaborations with Detective Conan. And what they're going to be doing is creating a brand new Detective Conan themed escape game but it's going to be based entirely on fan input so there is a poll on the company's website that will allow you to go in there and answer uh, various questions so that your voice is heard and for those that don't know what an escape game is it's basically um, you're locked in a room with you know, a group of participants, whether that's a group of people you've put together or a group of random people, and you have to figure out how to escape the room. Uh, the characters appearing in the Detective Conan themed game will be chosen by, popu uh, by popular vote. So the company is asking for ideas not only for the characters, but also for puzzle solutions and original goodies to uh, give away. So, yeah. I'm uh, kind of wanting to see that because they have brought some of the games over. Uh, they've, got, they've done collaborations with Final Fantasy, Legend of Zelda, Attack on Titan, Resident Evil... Uh, some of those, uh, the ones for Final Fantasy, uh, Zelda, and Attack on Titan, came to the United States and Canada. Um, so I'd really like them to actually bring over one of the Detective Conan ones, because that would be really, really fun. Nerd. Yep. <laughs> and freaking proud of it. Good. <clears throat> because if you weren't, I, I, I think we'd all have a problem here. If I wasn't, I don't think I would be doing this. That, too. I've done my fair share of pulling teeth. Know what I'm saying? Mm. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving right along. We have some Attack on Titan news for you, but not the type of news you'd expect. Um, I believe we talked about this in a prior episode that there was going to be an Attack on Titan stage play. That's not going to happen now. On the official website for the Attack on Titan stage play, it was announced on last Thursday that it's going to be canceled due to the fact that 38-year-old acrobat Kazutaka Yoshino was killed due to an accident on the set. Yoshino was on the main staff for the upcoming play and was credited as an acrobat for the production. It was reported that Yoshino fell 10 meters, which is about 30 feet, from the 5th to the 2nd floor of the Mayama Epitheater and Chiba, located inside the Tokyo Disney Resort that Monday afternoon. 
Yoshino was inspecting the equipment for the wire action sequences and suspended himself in mid-air using the equipment. When he fell, emergency services was notified. He suffered a cardiopulmonary arrest and was pronounced dead when he arrived at the hospital. Police are still investigating the circumstances of the accident. The play's official website stated that the staff has extensively cooperated with the police in regards to this. The staff stated that Yoshino was irreplaceable to the production company and they judged that moving forward with the production would be difficult. They decided it was best to cancel the production. The staff expressed their condolences and apologized to fans. The Attack on Titan stage play was scheduled for a long run of 55 performances from July 28th to September 3rd at the Mayama Amphitheater. The official website for the play reveals de- reveal details on April 21st on refunding those who already purchased tickets for the event. It kind of reminds me of all the issues behind the... Uh, Marco, you probably remember the whole... Remember the Spider-Man musical, Turn Off the Lights? Mm-hmm. And all the... I remember that. Sh- okay, Joe, you remember that too. All the shit that happened behind it, it was like... You couldn't go a week or two weeks without hearing somebody fell while doing a rehearsal for the production. Oh yeah, people are getting hurt left and right on this thing. Wasn't there like a, a like a, a a theory that like the theater or the the show itself was cursed or something yeah. to that effect? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. theater folks take their their curses real seriously. Like if you've never met a theater person or a theater geek, I I lived with them, so I lived amongst them, and um, I was one for a while. And Still are. it is a very serious thing. Like, don't say Macbeth in a theater. You better go outside, spin around three times, and spit on the ground, because... What? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. it's like a thing. It's the cursed play. If you say it and you don't do that, you are basically cursing whatever play is being worked on. Um, I remember there being a story about a rendition of Peter Pan with a harness also having some problems, like, way back in the day. But I... Yeah. Spider-Man, I think, was the most published one like it was the most mm-hmm. in the the eye because of just how bad the show was itself and well, something something happened like every freaking time they put the show on yep. yeah <sighs> I, I, were, yeah. I was kind of looking forward to seeing some of the like any video that was going to leak out of it because I think it would have been really cool yeah, I mean, if they can actually do that stuff on a stage, um, I was not a fan of the Naruto stage play, only because how they were doing everything was just, it was, I guess, very basic for something that's supposed to be, you know, powers and shit like that. It looked like a skit at an anime convention. It did. I mean, for the jumps and everything, they basically had a trampoline set in the stage. And they would fall on that and, you know, jump back up onto things and then, you know, pretend to run and then jump on the trampoline and, you know, go back through. So it's just, I mean, it was very, very basic. So knowing that they were doing harnesses and that they had the height requirements to do something, I was really looking forward to this one. And unfortunately, we see what happens when they, you know, have height requirements like that. Well, maybe sometime in the future they'll come up with something new or something. We'll see. 
maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, moving right along. Um, I let's flip the art the two articles around because I kind of want to save that one for last. Because I know we're gonna we're gonna get we're gonna drill deep into that one. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk about who wants to talk about Osamasu-san. Uh, I'll cover that since we're basically all going to be talking about the last one. Yeah. Um, so Avex Pictures began streaming a trailer last Thursday, uh, confirming that Mr. Osamatsu... I hate it when they call Os- that. Yeah, or Osamatsu-san. Well, it is Mr. Osamatsu here. I know, but I'm just saying, they should just leave it as Osamatsu-san. Well, there's also the issue with a lot of people don't like when it's when titles and things like that are left as Osumatsu-san. Really? Because it's yeah, yeah, there's actually a whole big thing in the dub and sub community on if you're going to make it English, make it entirely English instead of keeping honorifics. I don't I I, I get it, but I'm just saying Osumatsu-san has a better cooling name for the series that's calling as, it, as opposed to Mr. Osamatsu. Yeah. I I yeah. completely agree. Yeah. I don't mind the honorifics, mm-hmm. but that's actually one of the controversies out there yeah. for subbing and dubbing is to change the honorifics to an English honorific if you're going to be doing, you know, an English sub or an English dub. Yeah. It's anyway, like, it's like the whole Sailor Senshi Guardian thing, I guess. Yeah. Um, anyway, so basically, uh, they are confirming that there is going to be a second season of the anime. Um, there's new franchise web uh, visualizations that are on the websites. Uh, Yoichi Fujita is returning to direct the series, and Shu uh, Matsubaro is returning to handle the series composition. Um... The main voice cast of the Matsuno brothers are also returning, so don't worry that it's going to sound off to you uh, if you have been watching it from the beginning. There is a uh, Otsumatsu-san uh, short stories collection that will be coming out uh, that will be released, including a spring nationwide top uh, Osumatsu-san episode screening festival for season 2 announcement episode. Obviously that is a working title. Mm. Um, screenings of select episodes from the television anime plus an all new anime short episode started on Thursday. The first screenings took place simultaneously in six theaters in six cities in Japan on April 6th. The project will get wider screenings across Japan starting, um, it also started last week. All the screenings will include the main episodes for each of the six Matsuno brothers from the television series, uh, the special, and the new short episode. So for those of you that have been waiting, uh, get ready because you will have season two shortly. And it's kind of interesting that you that this has come up because during my um, Monday night when I was still in Texas, I was hanging out with Holly. We watched a couple episodes of Osamatsu-san, and I have to admit that is a series where you, you got to give it a second chance before it's before you really enjoy it. So now I understand why she enjoys the series so much. But 
two, we were watching one scene with two of the brothers, and she said something that kind of messed with my head a little bit. She was telling me two of the two of the, the seiyus, um, they are on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Um, I think it's uh, Jotaro and Rohan or something like that. And I'm just like, what? That 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 kind of messed with my head just a little bit. In a way, it's like when you watch dub anime and you're like, "Wait a minute, this is so and so," and then it's like, you know them for this one character, but they're doing this one character that's totally like different from their norm, and it's like, it it kind of messes with you in a way. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't remember the two voices off the top of my head. Uh, oh, well. I'll figure it out one way or another. So, moving right along. Let's talk cooking. Yay, cooking. Don't worry, Mako. We're coming down to the end. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. So, in this article, we're talking about the wonderful world of cooking animes. Cooking anime! Yes, we have our two Makoto Kinos here. And Hi. Who, do all, who cooks Hi. all the food, and you got your Ranma who eats all the food. And then skips out on the bill. Hey. And the dishes. Hey. So This is very appropriate music. I know. I, I have to take, you know just a little bit off because of the music that you're playing. Have you ever actually watched Iron Chef in the original Japanese? No. Oh, it is amazing. Only it's like watching I've... an auction. Only the... No, I'm, I'm saying without subtitles or anything. No, I've only watched a dub that was on, on Cooking on, on, on Food Network. I have to say, it is amazing to watch that show in Japanese with no subtitles because you have no idea what's going on and it makes it so much more dramatic actually watching them cook. Okay. But anyway, yes. I mean, I won't lie. Dinner right now has been like Iron Chef because in between different things I've been like running back up to the kitchen and running back. I like cuisine! Jalapeno queso cheeseburgers with bacon. Nice. So was the jalapeno the secret ingredient? It wasn't used in everything, so it was probably garlic? I don't know. There was no secret ingredient. Don't make this harder than it was. Another question. Was the jalapeno on a stick? On a steak. On a steak. On a steak. Get it right. No, but if he was, I'd keep him forever because he's my favorite. Jalapeno. Jalapeno on a stick. On a stick. <laughs> on a stick. I'm just, As we digress even further. I'm just glad Ichigo knows what we're talking about. Yay! <laughs> Alright. Hmm, hey, Mako, this one might be up your alley. This first, this first uh, title here. Yeah, um, this article breaks them down into uh, various, uh, I guess, categories. Mm -hmm. So the first category they chose to talk about anime with is an action cooking anime. And, of course, they talk about Food Wars. Mm -hmm. 
and I seriously love this anime. I really need to catch up on the manga because I have no patience to wait to the next season. Um, but yeah, basically, for those of you that have never seen Food Wars, you really need to because it's amazing. The main character is... Uh, basically, he uh, lives with his father at the family restaurant um father basically says okay i'm shutting the restaurant down here go to school and sends him to the most prestigious culinary school in the world uh unfortunately this is a very cutthroat school and most of the students will not graduate Mm -hmm. so during the anime you basically see everybody hate on him because he's just from a local kind of uh, family restaurants. He's not from a, you know, a family-wide, huge corporate restaurant. So they don't believe that he knows what the hell he's doing, and he basically shows them up constantly. If you think about it, that's that's sometimes not different from the norm. When you see somebody, when you see somebody cooking, compared, you know, somebody who was classically trained compared to somebody who learns from the family and pick it up as they go along, you know? Yeah, but, I mean, you're also talking about learning from the family and his father was a member of the school. Mm-hmm. And the nice so... thing about this anime, I think, is how well it illustrates how food goes together. Um, like, how to put the dish together and how, how food can actually look. Um, yeah, and most it's of... also known as Shokugeki no Food Porn. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, and most of the stuff, like, he he ends up with meat that isn't tender enough, and he has to prove himself worthy of, you know, having a tender piece of meat. And he uses real techniques to actually tenderize, you know, tenderize meats or put uh, umami flavors into things that you normally wouldn't see. So, you know, if you... One, if you're watching this and you know your foodie stuff enough, you're going to see all of this hidden stuff. But at the same time, if you have no idea what you're doing in the kitchen and you watch this, you can actually get some real tips about what to do in case of, you know, something happening. Now, Ichigo, didn't you make some of these recipes at least at once? Yeah, I've made a few of the recipes from Shokugeki no no Soma. Um, it, It is one of the earlier ones, so... Um, if you do not like spoilers, please cover your ears now. But it's this basically false pork roast, which is basically mashed potatoes inside of bacon. But the way that it's wrapped and the way that you add the umami flavor to the potatoes, it almost tastes like a pork roast, even though most of the item is comprised of potato. Um, A lot of it also is... (laughs) Dependent upon the ingredients you use and the recipes that some people like to put online, um, it can vary. And you can also do like make it up yourself. Um, a lot of times I will come up with recipes and like tonight's uh, jalapeno queso bacon burgers. Um, that was just something that I thought up that I was like, oh, that sounds delicious. Um, but with Shokugeki no Soma, the things I really like about it when it comes to the recipes is that it does have a lot of what Mako was saying, like a lot of real world application. Um, if you see them making it on the show, you can usually like rewind it back and pause it or rewind it back and play it slowly and actually do the recipes with them. 
Um, you might add certain ingredients. Like, they don't use a lot of spices in this show um, and things of that nature. But it's really nice, too, because some of the characters actually specialize. So Soma doesn't really have a specialty at first, um, but he then finds out, you know, as it going on, he has a special talent. And there's one girl who's really good with meat. And, of course, there's another girl who has a really good palate. So it's just these different areas of the culinary world that I think it touches on really well without going too detailed in one direction. Like, it covers everything holistically really, really well. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. It's also, you know, very porny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Another way to describe Shoka no Soma is Iron Chef, the anime. Uh, that's That's definitely a very good... Um, uh, I guess description because what the Shokugeki no Soma is is actually a cooking competition in the school, which is very Iron Chefy. Mm-hmm. Um, except that you know the winner isn't getting praise; the winner is actually getting something pretty decent. Uh, some of them are getting better rooms in the dorms. Some of them are getting, you know, better rooms for their clubs. Uh, some of them are, if they lose, they're just leaving the school. So it's it's definitely uh, more dramatic in what they're winning or losing. Uh, but I like it. I, 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 I was weirded out at first before I actually watched this, mainly because... Uh, when people find the food really, really enjoyable, there's this whole mental thing uh, that their clothes pop off mm-hmm. because they enjoy the food so much. And then when they don't enjoy the food, um, there's mental images of, you know, kind of their clothes popping off in weird ways. Right, I... Like the, well, there was the one where he ended up. Um, marinating squid and honey yeah so when they go to show her mental reaction um it's basically her clothes are popping off and she's covered in honey and then surrounded by tentacles and it's kind of like a really weird tentacle porn um you don't see anything there's no like sex or anything like that but it's not lewd it's tasteful no Mm -hmm. yeah but it's It's all it's all mental yeah it's all Sorry. mental images. I mean, this is basically what their taste buds are going through. Like the uh, euphoric so... experience you get at home if you've got, like, like everybody's like, oh, mom's apple pie or mom's carrot cake or that meal that takes you back to your childhood or gives you that sense of, oh, my God, this is, like, the best thing I've put in my mouth. Please, no puns. I'm going to punch you. But, like, <laughs> it's that feeling of that great feeling a good meal can make you feel. Um, and they illustrated in this particular anime in the idea that you come to this like end point where your clothes kind of pop off inside of your mind and the reaction that you have to the food. Um, so it, it, it's, it's a very good anime. If you haven't checked it out, I'm sorry if we spoiled anything for you, but it's a really neat anime and I highly, I, two thumbs up. If we've spoiled anything for you, I'm sorry. Season two is already over. Yeah. And it's, you know, we're talking years, at Mm. least two or three years back. Yeah, I want to say it's about two years over. Yeah. Yeah. All right. 
next series. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think we spent a little bit more time than we planned on that one. Yeah, but I like it. Right. <laughs> it's a good one. The, the next series is called Cooking Papa. Not Cooking Mama, but Cooking Papa. This anime follows the daily gourmet adventures of a fairly normal Japanese businessman named Kazumi with an extremely angular chin. Mm-hmm. Despite his serious personality, he has a secret. He is a fabulous cook. Each episode features a different conflict that can be, usually be fixed by Kazumi cooking up a new dish. In one episode, as an example, he helps his son make fruit spring rolls to give to his crush who is moving away. In another, he takes over for a gyoza shop owner when, it, when the owner's wife is in the hospital. Kazumi's allies include his wife, Najiko, who works at a magazine, and his son, who begins as a second grader at the beginning of the series. The long-running manga that inspired the anime... Mind you, the manga started in 1985, and it's still going 32 years later. And it was also the basis for a Japanese live-action TV drama series that aired back in 2008. That's pretty cool. I have to say, I I haven't watched any of the anime, I haven't read any of the manga, but I have seen online uh, references to the various meals that he's made over, you know, the 32-year series. Uh, so that's actually one that is very easy to find recipes for online. Pretty cool. Alright, um, next title. <laughs> So, for those of you who've been following food anime for a very long time, yeah. and I have, I, I enjoyed the the section of food anime way, way, way back before we had the bigger named series. Um, we'll probably remember one series called Yakitate Japan. Yep. Um, and it's all about that bread. That bread. Um, it's from 2004, and it was done by Sunrise Studios. It's still streaming on Crunchyroll, so if you haven't had a chance to check it out, definitely go and do so. But a boy named Kazuma, he went to Tokyo seeking to create a national bread for Japan. Um, but the bread isn't baked in a normal manner. Um, it's, it's done similarly to Food Wars, but actually you'd say Food Wars is done more similarly to Yakitate um, in the way that it's done overly dramatically. Um, and the show introduces new kinds of breads every episode. It's also available on DVD from Nozomi Entertainment, um, and it's it's a great show. I think I still see people cosplaying from it um, frequently, actually. And it's it's a nice, you know, uh, the 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 bread company is actually called Pantasia. It's like a pun, obviously, because pan is Japanese for bread. And it's a really cute little series. You know, you have your comedic relief, and you've got a lot of fun things and recipes you can follow, a lot like Shokugeki no Soma. Um, so I think if you do think that you're going to like Food Wars, you also might check out Yakitate. Um, it's not as spoken of anymore because it is a little bit of an older series, but I think it's still just as good. And yummy. And <laughs> yummy. And how? <laughs> Moving right along. Uh, for anime with cute girls and food, there is Gourmet Girl Graffiti. Never heard of that. Oh, I thought you were going to say my YouTube channel. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I actually haven't heard of this one either. Uh, the anime follows Ryo Machiko, a girl who has lost her grandmother and is living alone. 
She recreates the recipes for her grandmother's home cooking, but even though she can make them perfectly, there's still something missing. When her new art teacher, when her new art school classmate Kieran comes to eat at her house, she, uh, she realizes that uh, what makes the food delicious is good company. So the anime chronicles her cooking adventures alongside her friends, and the scenes of food are extremely uh, fluidly animated thanks to the animation studio for uh, animation studio Shaft. Yes. Which they're popular for Bakemonogatari, right? And Arakawa yeah. under the bridge. Mm-hmm. Now, if you want to go for something a little bit more suave, um, it's Ristorante Paradiso, and this is from David Production Studio. This is David Production Studio, and if the name David Production sounds familiar to you, they're well known for JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. The story is that a girl named Nicoletta chases after the mother who abandoned her to elope in Rome, determined to get revenge. However, she finds herself charmed by the older men that work at the restaurant her mother lovers owned, especially Claudio, whom she finds herself falling for. This anime is more of a mature romance story with an Italian food as a theme. The series is available on DVD from Nozomi Entertainment. Interesting. There's another uh, love-based anime, like relationship-based anime that I know that actually sections around food, and it's called Oishikanki. Mm. Um, it's only in manga form, though, so I know it's not as accessible to a lot of folks, but it's online. I can't remember where I found it. Um, but it's a cute series, and it actually is around the whole food aspect. Oh, okay. um, I haven't read Ristorante Paradiso, but if you like romance and food, it sounds like giving it a try. Yeah, there are a couple of them that they didn't mention um, that I'm, I guess, surprised about. Um, if you like desserts, Yumiero Patisserie um, is a good anime. Uh, basically, it's a, a bakery, and they're making baked goods, and they're all very, very yummy looking. Uh, another one uh, for, I guess, weird things um because they do technically cook is fighting foodons i'm mm. surprised that wasn't on there oh and what's that other one um it's not i mean i think maybe a lot of it too is that there are certain ones that aren't on here because they don't actually deal with real world food but what's that that fighting one where the guy goes and he's on in the sir is it toriko i think so yeah toriko yep yeah, yes. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I enjoyed this storyline. I thought it was a good Vara anime. But Toriko is really cute. Um, and I actually know of a Chinese anime um, that actually deals with cooking. It's called Cooking Master Boy. And it actually was a really cool series. Um, it's actually one of the first series that got me back in the 90s into cooking animes. Cooking Master Boy. It's in Chinese. I don't know if they've dubbed it or dubbed it into another that. language. But it was good. Now, let's talk about a live-action show real quick, then we'll go to Strange News from Japan. No Skype line tonight because the Skype computer is still updating. I'm sorry. (laughs) All the updates. Yes. Now, I know y'all got Netflix, so you have got to watch this. This show is so good. It's called Samurai Gourmet. Oh, I've heard of it, and it looks so good. It is amazing. The story is about a freshly retired salaryman or officer trying to 
enjoy retirement life. So he he finds himself going to different restaurants and just wondering how to deal with the various situations in it. And somehow his mind flips back into the age of the samurai. Like, so like the feudal era. Yes. Like there's an example of in the first episode where he's trying to ponder the fact, does he want to have a beer with his food during the middle of the day? And he imagines how would the ronin, or in this case the samurai, would deal with that. In another episode, um, he's trying to talk to his niece about her future, and he doesn't know how to properly deal with it. So his mind flips over to how would the samurai handle it. And then there's another episode where um, a gaijin couple comes in for yakitori, I believe it is. That's the the octopus balls, right? No, it's Mm -hmm. takoyaki. 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 Yes, takoyaki. Thank you. They come in for takoyaki, and the chef gets upset when the, the, the gauging couple adds, like, seasonings to it, and his mind flips to the samurai coming in trying to defuse the situation. And what's interesting is that it's not really a fantasy sequence in some of the episodes, if you notice. It's like it falls real time, like the samurai's actually there, and then as the scene switches back, it continues right where it left off in that current time scene. Time's so up. instead of being like a cutaway yeah. and to like an imaginary thing, it actually functions in real time. I, yeah. I actually like that. Um, I think the idea of the samurai gourmet is really cool, especially because of the principles of being a samurai, even a ronin, mm-hmm. um, which is basically a samurai without a master. Um, it, it, you have certain principles you have to follow in life. And so if you're dealing, especially with customer service, oh, ha, 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 mm. um, it, there are certain things that you don't do. And there are certain things that you do do. And when you have certain rules and morals and stuff you follow, sometimes it's a lot easier to troubleshoot and problem solve without cutting off heads. Sorry, I went full Vanellope there. (laughs) You said do-do. Terrible. Just terrible. To register participation for this week's episode of Anime Jam Session on vognetwork.com, Use the passphrase, leak. Now, as uh, Dungeon Buster says in our chat room at live.bugnetwork.com, he goes, on this foodie note from a gaming experience, Sukiyoden's two cooking battles were great fun. I never got into Sukiyoden as much as I wanted to, but I, I, I get it, though. That's something I, I really should see, see about, perhaps, maybe? I don't know. Um, now that we got all that out the way, let's go ahead and get to... The fun part of the show. Strange news from Japan. Strange news from Japan! Hey, you got some interesting titles here. Uh, stories here tonight, uh, Mako-chan. Yeah, I try. Mm-hmm. Alright. I'll take the first one. You two can fight over the next two, the other two. A Tokyo indoor anime theme park launches new cosplay rental service. Okay, that's kind of cool. It's like when you go to, like, you know, the little, like, um, what do you call it? Fairs and stuff. They have, like, the whole Wild Wild West setup, and you can wear the outfits and stuff. It kind of reminds me of that. That's pretty cool. So... 
It doesn't rival Tokyo Disneyland in size, and an indoor amusement park called J World Tokyo attracts plenty of anime enthusiasts and pop culture fans thanks to its attractions based on the characters and situations appearing in the manga anthology Weekly Shonen Jump. In addition to a limited time display and events, J World has more or less permanent salutes to Dragon Ball, One Piece, Naruto, and Jintama. And starting this month, visitors will get the opportunity to cosplay as the characters from those four series, thanks to the world, thanks to J World's J Cost cosplay service. Offering a completely come as you are experience, the 80 minute 35 perfect game, which is 32 bucks, basic course provides you with the costume and wig of an anime hero, which are options being Goku, Luffy, Sanji, Zoro, Naruto, Sasuke, Jintoki, Kagura, or Shinpachi. The package also includes accessories to includes access to a changing room with makeup products so you can fine-tune your look, plus cloak room service so you don't have to lug your street clothing and belongings around the park. That's pretty cool. Now, if you step it up to the $4,500 yen course, which is the special course, you get access to character-specific props, which come in handy for the photos you'll no doubt be taking after you get changed. And as for the photos, for 200 yen, the J-World staff will take a commemorative picture of you and your cosplay crew and provide you with a framed print. The J-Cost service becomes available on April 21st, and don't forget that J-World's location, Ikibur... Ikibukuro means it's located right by a number of other otaku attractions, such as the Pokemon Center Superstore, which is in the same building. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, it's kind of cool until you realize that they have very um, specific standards for sizing. Yeah. Well, standardized sizing and like do they clean the costumes? You would... I, what about the wigs? That's got to be icky. Pretty gross. Well, I would... Maybe odds be ever in your favor. I yeah. Would, I would assume the outfits are dry clean. As for the wigs, I don't know. They're yeah. dry clean, too. Yeah. Everything's dry cleaned. Yeah, just Lord. shove it all into a bag. Lord... And guess who has to be locked in a room with us for the whole weekend next weekend? Woohoo! Woohoo! <sighs> Somebody go next, please. I want to do the third one. Okie dokie. Oh, good. I get to do the boy love one. Boy love! Boy love! Oh, uh, like we really had to twist your arm on that one. <laughs> Uh, so if you remember, um, in 2012, there was a nine member boy idol group called Morning Musumen. What? They covered songs by the popular Japanese female idol group Morning Musume. Really? I would have never have thought. <laughs> So, um, this group, uh, basically kind of, uh, reinvented itself. Uh, 
into a group called, uh, well, I guess it's still Morning Musumen, but it's also, uh, it's changed to Mesimo. Um, the lead single from their album Secret uh, just released a video for the song. In the video, there are a total of 36 various boy love kisses. Uh, this averages out to about one kiss every six seconds. Um. So, obviously, this is very, um, not the norm for Japan. Uh, if you're able to view the video in your region, um, basically it starts off with the boys dancing and singing in what looks like a church. And they are dressed and kissing each other while dressed in archbishop-style capes. Uh, throughout the video, the boys are posed in a number of various... Uh, what you would normally see of uh, boy love, you know, subgenre kind of scenes. Mm -hmm. So there is the kiss on the cheek, the kiss on the forehead, the kiss on the finger, the kiss on the arm, the kiss on the neck. Uh, there is a kiss on the lips. Uh, there's a kiss on the top of the foot. Uh, there's a kiss on the thigh. Um. Um, the song is called Shadow Kiss. And basically it is uh, making the females and males that are into the boy love genre go absolutely crazy. I, yeah, whenever that, I, I don't know. I, I appreciate Yaoi, and I have a lot of friends who like it, but at the same time, like, I don't know. I know that it's not used in the same way for female pop idols over there, but at the same time, I'm like, mm, marketing ploy, that's nice. Yeah, I mean, well, you're talking about their very first album is nothing but cover songs of Morning Musume. Yeah. Um, so I'm not surprised that... You know, they're basically reinventing themselves and still trying to go after specific, uh, I guess, groups of people. Target audiences. Yeah. I have not watched the video because just the idea of this whole thing makes me laugh too damn much. And, right. yeah, so... Uh, if you care about it, you can go on to YouTube and look up uh, Mese Moe. M-E-S-E-M-O-A. Well now, did you go? Wow. Uh, going in the complete opposite direction of Boys Love, we're going to talk about bra sizes. Here we go. So it actually looks pretty legit um, and actually isn't completely 
uh, out of the realm of possibility, but a Japanese artist showed how to measure bra sizes with the help of cute anime characters. And it actually isn't like some weird anime version of, oh, her boobs are the size of a pair of arms wrapped around her. Like, it's not creepy or etchy in any way. It's actually pretty technical, um, although I can't read kanji. Um, this popular anime character strips down her underwear to give us an important lesson on breast measurement. When it comes to learning something new, there's nothing like a helpful illustration guide to guide us back towards a better understanding of all the details. Luckily for us, Japan is teaming with cute illustrations designed to open our eyes to all kinds of new topics. One of the latest visual aids currently making its way around the internet is a set of fan art from Twitter user at TW. The Shamano, which demonstrates the correct procedure for measuring your bust and determining your correct cup size, all with the help of popular anime character called Ushio from the famous Can Call web browser game and anime series. According to TWD Shamano, the first step to determining your cup size is by measuring your underbust. If we look at the picture on the left of the image below, we can see that the underbust is around the area of the ribcage beneath the bust, marked out as the lower broken line, and above this line is the top bust, which we'll discuss later on. The most important thing to note is when taking your measurements is to ensure that you're standing on a flat, level surface. Although Ushio can be seen lifting her left side to show us where she's measuring to the bottom right of the image above, it's important to make sure the tape measure is straight, because if it's even slightly diagonal, this can throw the correct measurement off by 3 centimeters or 1 inch. The next step is to measure your top bust. I don't think I'm going to go through this whole article, but yeah, Please basically it's above your boobs. And um, it's the fullest area of the breasts and all that fun stuff. If you're interested in knowing, you can look up this at TWD Shimano. Um, yeah, bra sizing is, is a little bit funky. Um, you basically do some math and you subtract the underbust from the top bust and it magic. Yay. <laughs> um, <laughs> Something tells and me magic, you have boobs. And magic, you have boobs. Something tells um, me you've been through this before, uh, Ichigo. Uh, I have boobs, so... Just saying. I have boobs, and I measure other people's boobs. If you want to get your boobs measured by me, please, uh, schedule something. <laughs> Don't anyway. touch me. Don't touch <laughs> It's part of my job. At the bottom image, um, oh, Lord, there's, there's another night. character from Kankol called Bonotan, who makes angry-looking faces. Um, and basically is, uh, is making frustrated faces because bra sizes are nothing to laugh about. Um, while Twitter users were impressed with the beautifully well-drawn images of Ushio, a number of them pointed out that her bust should be measured in meters or feet instead, given that she's actually an anthropomorphized warship in the popular series. Still, if Ushio were to go abroad, she'd probably have to work with a whole new set of measurements, given that the standard bra size differs from country to country, and sometimes even from brand to brand, too. Yes. Yes. True words never said. While this guide is handy for working out the rough approximation of bra sizes, according to Japanese measurements, nothing can replace trying on bras whenever possible to ensure the right fit. And when it comes to underwear for your lower half, 
Never fear! There's a handy illustrated identification guide for that, too. Or you can just wear whatever the frick feels comfortable underneath all your garments. I think we're at the SF point where you have too much free time on your hand. I feel like that article went way too in-depth with it. But I appreciate that all of you listening tonight now know how to measure for a bra. Good job. Yay, boobies. Yay, boobalas. <sighs> what? Would you rather they be pronounced differently? I didn't say anything about that. That's just... Okay, Rama. Okay. Calm the calamity that is your memories, okay? Just calm. We, we, we can call them breasticles, too, if you want. Adjust your bust before it combusts. Will you two ladies please yaya your Hans? I don't want to. I don't know if I like that term for them. <sighs> They're free. Let it go. What was that? I said they're free. Let it go. Uh, I think we're at that point we should wrap up. Okie dokie. Yay, I got a burger in like a few minutes. Uh, yeah. Mmm, so, burger. Mm, burger. Yeah, so we'll be back.
thank you very much, Winnie, for screwing up the musical lineup for tonight. And the audio cues. How can I ever thank you? So, anywho, thanks for listening. And I believe, like I said, we have, um, I think, uh, fan mail or something. Let me see if I can find it. It's in here somewhere. Um, this one. Hmm. Nope, it's not here. Let me see if it's in this inbox. Nope, it's not there. Let's try this inbox over here. Huh. Huh. I could have sworn there what we had gotten something. Oh well. If I find it, I will definitely read it. Uh. Oh, yeah, here it is. I knew something had came in. Alright. I'll pause this for a quick second so I can throw this out here real quick. Um, this is from Robert, uh, Robert, we'll call him Robert M for now. It's called Ramen and Vocaloids. Happy belated 300. Not sure why I'm bothering to ask, but my father has an extremely serious yeast allergy, hence no beer, no Doritos, or other chips or foods that use autolyzed yeast in place of or in addition to MSG. God, the fact that he can't have any beer. I really feel for your father. That's the worst. I know. Can you recommend an authentic ramen that is guaranteed to be free of allergens so he can try the good stuff himself? We're in Midwestern Missouri, so NYC recommendations are sadly moot. Secondly, what are the odds we'll get the Anamanaguchi song in an upcoming Project Diva game or DLC? Thanks again, Robert M. Um, I don't know what the odds of Anamanaguchi being in Project Diva, but... I think they're in a couple of other games, so anything is plausible. And I'm not talking just uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, but other titles as well. As for the ramen, um, I think I'll turn that over to Mako-chan and Ichigo, since they're the resident chefs of the show. So I think we could have an answer for him next week or something like that, possibly, maybe. So wait, it's a yeast allergy or yes. a gluten allergy? Yeast Um, unfortunately, I think there are a lot of soy things that are made with yeast as well for fermentation. Mm -hmm. So you might want to look into doing a broth that is more poultry or beef based instead of miso or, um, shiro based, um, just because those tend to be, I mean, you could try even pork, pork ramen is very popular. Um, if you wanted to make it at home, there are a bunch of recipes online about it. If you've got a local um, Asian grocery store, or even Amazon now has the Amazon pantry, I think. Yep, and, and you could order yep. the supplies for it really easily. Um, yeah, I would look for recipes online that deal more so with making it from scratch and um, maybe try rice noodles instead of barley or like soba or anything like that because rice noodles usually aren't made with any yeast at all um whereas well, yeah mo most noodles for that kind of thing aren't going to be made with yeast because mm -hmm. it's dense and yeah. if they do the yeast it's you know it's not gonna allow the dough to do what they need it to do basically noodles are an unleavened dough usually but sometimes as an additive they'll actually add like a malt yeast or something like that yeah. especially for flavoring so just be very aware of the ingredients on the packages, but otherwise you should be fine. Mm-hmm. All right. Now back to our show. 
If you like what you heard, tell a friend. They in turn will tell another friend and so on and so forth. We're independent bloggers, independent podcasters. We do this for the fun of it. So if you have any questions about the show, ideas, thoughts, praise, flames, trains, and automobiles, and all that good stuff, drop us a line at podcast at animejamsession.com. Again, that is podcast at animejamsession.com. We want to know what's up. We're here to believe you, like Robert M. He sent us an email, and we answered it. Check out our website at AnimeJamSession.com where we post our cosplay photos, convention videos, cosplay tutorials, anime reviews, gaming and manga reviews when we have them, and convention report reviews. My Anime Matsuri convention report will be, is up and you will see it go live, I believe, on Thursday. So definitely check it out on Thursday. My, my thoughts and take on Anime Matsuri. And also, we post our podcast, which is there on Fridays. Um, if you're not able to get to that, you can find our podcast on Podcast Alley, iTunes, Stitcher, Miro, Double Twist, Blueberry, Groove, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and post it weekly on the VOD Network forums. Check out our YouTube page, youtube.com slash Anime Jam Session TV, where we post all of our uh, convention videos. So definitely swing by and check them out and see what you like. Twitter. Twitter.com slash Anime Jam Session. Follow us here for updates on our website when we're going live on VOG Network, when uh, photos and other uh, comp information is going up on our website and our Facebook page, or any some other information that you might want us need to check out, follow us there. Facebook, Facebook.com slash Anime Jam Session. Just got to say to everybody who follows us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, our podcast, and everywhere else, thank you so much. We truly appreciate you. Um... As long as you continue to like us on our various social media outlets, we will bring you more content. That's what we're all about. And we're here on the Vlog Network twice a week. But we're not the only geek-centric podcast on this network. There are other cool shows you definitely have to check out. There's the Starbucks Power Coupling Podcast, The Geek Card, The Bobby Blackwell Show, Orange Knowledge Radio, Critical Myth, British Invaders, Pod Culture, Electric Sisterhood, Girls Gone Wow, Ranger Pride, and Game Boy. So now we're going to go around the room. Last words. We'll kick it off with Mako-chan. Um, I'm going to get some cookies or a cupcake and then go to bed. Okay. Ichigo? I'm going to go have another burger and then go work on cosplay because the crunch is real. You know, I've had a hanker for a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, so I'm going to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, tall glass of milk, catch it with NCIS, watch Cosplay Melee, edit some photos, and go to bed. And I got the best kind of peanut butter, extra crunchy. Yes. Yes. I love crunchy peanut butter. Yes. I'm jealous of your Cosplay Melee, though, because I still don't have TVs, so I'm going to have to look it up. Um... I may be able to help you with that, so we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk off air. We'll talk. Off we'll air. talk. Yes, we'll yes. talk. Gra- grab the coffee. We'll talk. We'll talk. <laughs> okay, that's it. End of list. We're getting out of here. <laughs> I'm Ranma. I'm Makachan. And I'm Ichigogami. Great fight. Great night. See you next week. Night. Say goodnight, Mako-chan. Goodnight, Mako-chan. Well, at least you didn't blow up my ears this time. Please don't!
<laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night. This podcast has been a production of Anime Jam Session and AJS Productions. No fanboys and fangirls were hurt, maimed, shot, electrocuted, or pistol whipped in this episode. For now. The views, opinions, and thoughts expressed on the show do not reflect the staff or the network as a whole. But we're still right, damn it. For transcripts of this episode, start typing. Check us out at AnimeJamSession.com and VogNetwork.com for more information about us and other programming. Jamatane!